Microphones of Madness. We are playing Gangbusters, the BX edition. Hot off the press. And tonight's adventure is called... Uh, the Hard Goodbye. The Hard Goodbye. That's right. It's Gangbusters, BX edition. Um, so why don't we start off by introducing yourselves... Your characters, tell us a little bit about your characters and how they know each other. Since you guys are starting off together as a crew. So we'll start with Steve. Alright, I am Jimmy Lanaz Figaro. Uh, <laughs> don't fucking make a crack about my nose because Lanaz is Italian and it does not mean that. I can tolerate a lot of shit. But a crack about my nose gets you a pistol across your mug. Ooh. I started out driving, maybe a little little bit of uh, distilling on the side. Now I'm the, the, the safe cracker for the gang, for the crew. Wow. All right. All right, Matt. Uh, <clears throat> my kid, or my guy is uh, Jackie Whistler Delaney. Um, his nickname is Whistler because he's missing his two front teeth. They got knocked out in a fight. He's Probably got a fucking called said something about my goddamn nose. <laughs> <Who knows? laughs> he's got a, a prosthetic thing he can pop in, but it's kind of uncomfortable and it makes him look like he has buck teeth, so he doesn't like to wear them. So he only puts them in when he eats. Um, he so left he carries them around in his pocket? He carries them in a little thing in his pocket with <laughs> right next to his cigarettes. Um, he left home when he was really young because his dad was kind of abusive and went and joined the Army just in time to be uh, light about his age to join the Army just in time for World War I. Uh, fought there, wound up staying in Europe a little longer where he learned German. And came home around Prohibition because he realized there was money to be made shipping. And he was a big dude. And there was always, always heads to be cracked and boxes to be lifted. And he was good at both of them. He's not particularly, it's not that he's stupid or anything. He just, he's adverse to working really hard. But he likes getting in a good fight. He's pretty good natured. He's, you know. Um, so he would, if he knows the other characters, it would probably be through the booze running racket. Okay. And Brian. Yes. Hello. Uh, so I am playing, uh, Charles, uh, Charlie Coffin, the third. Uh, he is a, uh, he's an almost doctor. He made it almost all the way through medical school. Uh, but he, um, he liked to he liked to party a little too much, so uh, he never quite made it through medical school. Much to the shame of his uh, his established Bostonian family, uh, he comes from a long line of uh, of well-to-do uh, Boston doctors uh, and and upper class folk. But he's the black sheep of the family. Uh, 
was was given all the right advantages, uh, but just you know had a, just kind of gave in too much to his his temptations. So he likes he likes the drink, he likes the smoke, he likes uh, you know he's just kind of a, now he's he's moving into middle age and he's kind of still trying to hang on to that that good time guy kind of a of a of a scene, uh, and uh, you know it's it's sort of led him down some crooked paths. So. So, uh, you know, he lost the fiance somewhere along the way and, uh, and now he's hooked up with these guys cause, uh, you know, they don't, they don't judge him. They, they, uh, you know, they, or if they do, it's in a, it's in a good natured way. They, um, you know, he's not, he really can't go back to his family. Uh, he's, he's estranged from his family. He's estranged from the, the, the fiance that the family had, uh, hooked up for him to, uh, to marry. So he kind of is, he's kind of blown all that away and uh, now he's just trying to you know he's still trying to find himself he's in his he's getting into middle age and he's uh you know he's just kind of still kind of thinks of himself as an overgrown frat boy and uh but you know he's, he's sort of aging out of that he's, he's already aged out of that he's just got to try to figure that out for himself so now he's he's with these guys and and all of it's just one big game for him he's not really uh you know he doesn't really get that uh that some of this stuff can be pretty hardcore and, uh, you know, maybe that maybe this uh, this escapade will change some of his perspectives. But but right now he's in it for the for the uh, kind of the, the hijinks and the and the, you know, the fun of it, so to speak. And uh, he's kind of sort of been insulated from the hotter realities, uh, those things that he hasn't brought on himself. All right. And I'm going to make a game master addition to your character. Your street name is Doc. <laughs> OK. So we got Doc, Charlie, and what was your first name again, Steve? Jimmy. Jimmy. Doc, Whistler, and Jimmy. All right. Uh, so you guys have been running around together, getting into some uh, little minor scuffles, made a couple little small scores. Uh, but apparently it has attracted the attention of Salvatore Moroni. Uh, he is one of the several big bosses of the city. Uh, a little bit of background on, quote-unquote, the city. Uh, there are many crime families, uh, but they are currently at a truce, being that there is plenty of money to be made, bootlegging, speakeasies, all this other stuff, um, semi-legitimate businesses, and, and just gambling prostitution the usual vice stuff uh so there is a bit of a truce so the police kind of are keeping hands off and that's the city you live in uh salvatore moroni has actually invited you guys uh to salvati's restaurant downtown um but he wants you to come at closing time. So you guys meet up there. Demetri uh, D kind of makes you, gives you a table, hooks you guys up with some bread, um, a couple of drinks, you know, just to pass your time because you're just made to wait. Um, pretty soon the lights are out, the doors are locked. And you get invited into the back office, where leaning up against a heavy wooden desk is Salvatore Moroni himself, uh, in a very 
expensive, well-cut suit. Uh, and it looks like there's a hat box on the table next to him. And he, you guys go in. Have a seat, please, gentlemen. Would you like a Dimitas? You got it. I'm drinking it. Oh, okay. It's okay. It's a, it's a little, it's a little late for caffeine. Well, slip a little something into it. Help you sleep. Well, as I'm sure you gentlemen are aware that certain aspects of our profession take place best at night after everyone's asleep. I'm down with that. Your big friend doesn't talk much, does he? Uh, you mean Jimmy? Uh, I think Steve's Jimmy. Yeah. Yes, Whistler. <laughs> Whistler. Oh, Whistler is the big guy. You uh, mean nah. Well. That's all. Whoever has, has the coffee, it's really fucking good coffee. And if you have a nip in it, it's really fucking good booze. Um, I'm sure you're wondering why I asked you to come here. And he reaches over and he lifts up the hat box. And sitting on the desk is a man's head. I say... May I introduce my brother, Vincent? He worked with me running a small operation on the south side. A warehouse through which we moved thousands of gallons of imported rum. My brother was killed for Ezio Cardone's greed. He took the warehouse and did this. The Cardones broke the tenuous piece of the city. And they must pay for that. But I cannot violate the agreement. I have it under good authority that you are real up-and-comers in the underworld. Real go-getters. I like initiative. You aren't part of this family. But you'll work for me. Now... You might be thinking to yourselves, why don't I just rub him out? It's too easy. I want the Cardones to suffer. I want them embarrassed, destroyed, penniless beggars on the street scraping at my feet for table scraps. And you're going to do that for me. Capiche? Well... Mr. Maroney, with all due respect, how do you propose that we do this for you? How do I propose? I hear you're creative individuals. I think, um, I mean, you heard what I said. I want him destroyed. I want him taken out. I want him alive, but I want him embarrassed. 
So do what you do best. Cause a little trouble. Dismantle his operations. Tell you what. It's my middle name. <laughs> so I've heard, Doc. Yes. Well, sorry about your brother there, Mr. Maroney. Uh, if I can be so bold as to ask, uh, he seems to be missing a few things. Uh, where's the... Uh, uh, were you able to find the... the, the, the you know, the other... Uh, Whatever your 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 brother's other, uh, you know, I mean, he's sort of here, but he's not. I'm wondering if are you able to have a proper funeral and uh, and uh, uh, well, anyway, I'm just going to enjoy my coffee. Never mind. <laughs> we never found his body. Cardone's probably dumped him in the river. I'm in talks with the parish priest to uh, take a look, see what we can do. I I don't know the intricate details of the the afterlife and whatnot, but mm. at least this part of him will get a decent burial. Yes, yes. Well, my condolences to your whole family. Thank you. Yeah, it's a shame. It looks like he was a little bit of a, ahead of the game. <clears throat> Actually, he was a schmuck. Yeah. I hated him. But he's my brother. And Cardone has to pay. Well... I can understand your position as the head of the family. I mean, oop, oop. <clears throat> I mean uh, the uh, <laughs> just uh, as the the leader of the family, uh, I can see where you you'd want to get a, a head of the. Uh, I mean the. Uh, yes, we will. Uh, we'll try to cap things. I mean, uh, we'll try to. Um, we'll yeah, we're on it. <laughs> I have this sudden feeling that Doc is just realizing he is way in way over his head. Yeah, I just came here for the coffee. <laughs> My goodness gracious. If you need any help, I suggest speaking with uh, a man named Babbage. He's got a shop over on 9th Street. He'll tell you anything you want to know about the Cardones. Babbage. But I don't need to remind you that I don't want my name connected to anything you do. However, this is an opportunity for, for young go-getters such as yourselves to make a little money, to make names for yourselves in, in the fellowship of the night, as it were. I'd like to get a head start. Uh, so you will be allowed to keep whatever assets you find. With the exception of the warehouse on the south side. That was mine. And if you take it out, I want it returned to me. Uh, also, if you happen to acquire any of his liquid assets... 
I get a 10% cut on the loan. Not not those liquid assets. Oh, I'm sorry. I mean cash, gold, paintings, statuary, jewelry, hookers. Right. Now, if you, now if you, gentlemen, will excuse me, I need to do the books for tonight's, uh, tonight's uh, dinner rush. So, uh, I bid you a good night and happy hunting. Good night, sir. Get up and get out of here. Yep, you guys are escorted back out the front. And you're standing on the sidewalk in front of Salvati's. Uh, it's pretty late now. I'd say it's after midnight. Uh, this particular part of town is a little more respectable, so most everything's closed. All there, all you see is streetlights. Uh, the, the traffic is pretty much nothing, and uh, you know the late night fog is rolling in off the off the bay. So I guess this is a time to ask, um, what is the public knowledge about um, the Cordonis? Um, like all the other families, they are fine, upstanding members of the community, uh, wealthy. They pretty much uh, are the cream of the crop of the east side of town. Uh, charitable donations to the church and... Things like that. Uh, they they do a lot of fundraisers. You know all the all the stuff that uh, all of these family members do within their own neighborhoods and communities to elevate their own self self image. Um, as far as the man on the street goes, every uh, mob boss you encounter is an upstanding member of the community. Um, you know, you guys know better. All the guys that are in the underworld know better. You know who most of the players are. But, uh, yeah, right now with the truce going on, everything is trying to be kept especially quiet. Something you guys have encountered doing uh, doing jobs for the speakeasies and whatnot. So Whistler, he runs the Whistler knows all about uh, people having accidents. So he runs the east side, is is basically what you're saying. Yeah. Though, so, and, and Maroney kind of he has the warehouse on the south side, but he kind of runs the central part of the city. He's he's the downtown kind of guy. He's probably one of the more politically connected of the bosses. Who runs the south side? Who runs the south side? South side is kind of neutral territory. Because the south side is where the the docks and everything are, and it's contested territory. Um, but with the truce going on, everybody's kind of like supposed to be keeping to themselves. Sorry, I'm just taking notes. No, that's fine. Who runs the east side? Uh, the east side. That'll be, uh... 
Oh, you got me there, because I didn't expect you to want to know who the East Side guy was. Uh, he's the Irishman. Uh, Kilroy. Mick Kilroy. And I just said, I will ask about the North Side while I'm getting it all down. Ah, the North Side. That's Schultz. That's Schultz's turf. Um, does does Cardone uh, does he specialize in any particular racket, or is it a general mob racket? Uh, he he's big into like gambling and girls. All right. Uh. Maroney is into into booze. Uh, Kilroy's into guns, and Schultz is into bookmaking. Uh, real high. In, he's into some interesting stuff. He's into art. Uh, he's into jewelry. He's into like precious metals and stuff like that. Well, so, we probably had dealings with him before. Yeah, but he's also got kind of a hand in everybody else's rackets. He Schultz is uh, Schultz is money. He's the money man. <clears throat> so he also has like loan sharks and stuff like that. And his, yeah, I'm sure he runs the fences. Yeah, he runs the fences, being uh, you know into jewelry and the the hard goods. Okay. So I'm I'm just guessing as a safe cracker, maybe not have uh, direct contact with Schultz, but I probably know a few of his boys. Um, yeah, I mean, you guys have gotten around a little bit, doing odd jobs for everybody else. Um, you're you're aware somewhat of Cardone, even though he keeps his operation kind of tight. Uh, you've worked for like Maroney's like low level soldiers. Uh, you've done some odds and ends for Schultz. You've done Whistler's done some stuff for Kilroy. Uh, Kilroy's also into uh, uh, boxing, so he he's got like fighters and I stuff thought, like that. I thought you were going to say leather. No. <laughs> well, he might be. We don't know. It's only session one. <laughs> we haven't met Kilroy yet. So, this guy Carboni's into girls, gambling. And he's apparently made a, a, a break into booze by taking uh, Maroney's warehouse. So how does one go about humiliating and a crime family to the point where they're destitute? That's <laughs> oh, a hostile takeover. I you think we'd it. have to we'd have to look at disrupting a gambling operation like intercept his money drops and just look at asset denial. Can we drafters head bosses? Yeah, I was thinking like how cleaner, <clears throat> how cleaner is girls? How clean and can we can we alter that? What, like germ warfare? Yeah, when was penicillin invented? 
Uh, prior to this, I believe. Well, I'm saying if his girls have a reputation for spreading the clap, then people don't go to his girls. Yeah. Well, it wouldn't necessarily have to be true or not. However, you're not talking to me. I'm not. I'm talking to those guys. <laughs> That's yeah, I mean, we could, uh, we could maybe, uh, I was thinking, well, first of all, maybe we can go to this Babbage guy who supposedly might be helpful, right? So we could see right. what Babbage got in mind. Um, so there's that. And then uh, kind of along what, what you were saying, uh, Jimmy, uh, I was thinking maybe like if I could uh, use some of my doctor type connections or, or doctor type fast talk, I could see if any members of uh, uh, Cardone have been to the hospital for embarrassing conditions and get that leak that out to like the press or something, you know, just just kind of embarrass them. You know, if it's some some kind of a social uh, socially uh, disreputable disease or condition or, or whatnot uh, that might. You know that that made its made its way out into the to the general awareness. That could that could humiliate. You know, it doesn't have a money effect necessarily, but it might be just humiliating. Well, uh, it would because no one wants to go get the clap. They're looking for a good time, right? So, like, if if say I don't know a councilman were to were to get a disease or at least the rumor that that happened, that would probably affect his business adversely i mean something like that combined with like like uh whistler said disrupting the cash flow he's gonna have guys going to his his casinos and his late night poker games and uh the various places where he's got his ladies hold up collecting money probably on a daily basis, we could figure out who those guys are and start hitting them probably randomly at first so that they don't see a pattern going. It'll disrupt their operations. They'll have to get some more security somehow. That's going to cost them money, which we'll be denying them in different ways. And then, and then we can make them think we're going to start hitting their money guys and then actually hit the operations themselves and just start breaking up his money cycle. Another thing we can do is if we can get into that warehouse, we maybe uh, poison his booze. Yeah. How about getting Cardone's, I don't know if this is uh, helpful or not, but how about getting Cardone's medical records itself, like himself? Like if he must have a doctor, he must go to the hospital once in a while, like, you know, kind of like just get his, I, mean, I don't know if that's, uh, you know, about, you know, spread some rumors about him or even just if he's got some kind of thing that he's been treated for, just getting that out, out there. All right. Give me, uh, give me an intelligence check there, doc. All right. Okay. Uh, so this would be my intelligence or below. Is that right? Yep. You got okay. it. Oh man. What a way to start the game. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I have a 17 intelligence. I rolled an 18 on the die. Ow. So, uh, yeah, so I've had a little too much coffee tonight. Yeah, a little too well, much coffee. He probably has his own private physician. He probably doesn't yeah. 
doesn't go to a public hospital, which could could be used for to our advantage, though. I mean, if we can get in with this private guy and get to him, yeah, you know, we might be able to control information that way. Yeah. Yeah, I'm wondering if he might have a drug habit or he himself has contracted something embarrassing or, you know, whatever. I'm sure he's a, you know, he'd have some explaining to do if he had some kind of a, of a sort of a social, uh, uh, social, what's the, what's the word? Like a socially frowned upon uh, thing that he's been treated for, whether it, it's the 1920s. A taboo. A taboo, yeah, a, a 1920s taboo thing, whether it be. You know, uh, a sexual related uh, disease, and he's, he's, I'm sure he's married, or it could be even like a, a drug habit or something like that. I don't know. I'm just thinking something that could, that if we helpfully dropped a file of his medical, his medical files, you know, at the newspaper office, you know, like, oops, drop this, and some reporter picks it up, it could, it could, it could cause him some distress. Uh, right. But again, that's a that's a. I mean, that's really fishing. He might be he might be in perfect health. He might be a very faithful guy to his. You know, I mean, I'm, it, it's it's a bit of a dive. I don't know if it's or a reach. Well, let's go talk to Babbage and see if he knows anything about the guy's personal life. Yeah. So what are you guys doing right now while you're having this discussion? Are you just standing on the street, or we're walking back toward our headquarters? Ah, where's Which your headquarters? Is probably like the the back table of some all night diner. <laughs> the back table of some all night diner. Alright. Uh it's Flo's Diner on Seventh Street. That's where you guys Kiss my out. grits. That's right. It's a it's a real greasy spoon kind of dive. Uh Countertops, chrome everywhere. Yeah, it was supposed to be uh, kind of like very ultra modern architecture meets uh, shabby chic. You know, it smells like it smells like weak old uh, bacon grease and and apple pie, stale coffee. Uh, see in there, there's, uh, you come in, it's one of those places that's occupied by, uh, hard luck gamblers, uh, you know, occasionally a couple of beat cops are in there, you know, just cabbies, you know, just the assorted citizens of nighttime in the city. Alright, so I guess we bang in there. Yep. You guys are sitting at your table talking all this stuff over. Yeah. Uh, you know, talking in hushed tones, keeping things kind of generic. And, you know, you don't want you don't want the waitresses to overhear. Uh, you know, it's Nicholas. Alice. Yeah, Alice and and, and Mel and those guys. <laughs> you don't you don't want them to hear you. Vera. Mm. Never, Vera. Mm. You're sitting there. Uh, and as you're sitting there talking, you notice a couple of guys walk in. Uh, trench coats, fedoras. Uh, real hard case looking guys. 
They sit down at a table. Uh, not too far away, but, you know, comfortable a comfortable distance away from you guys. Order coffee. And they're just kind of sitting there. They almost look like... They don't take their hats off. They don't take their coats off. They just... They sit there. They start smoking cigarettes and drinking coffee. Do they have, like, a neon sign up above them that says, like, screams, like, G-Men? G-Men? Like, is it is it definitely, like... Uh... Do we have we seen them around, or are they are they uh, part of the underworld scene, or that could these guys be like feds? Um, you, everybody, there? give me uh, observation saves. I made mine. Woo! I'm, you have to roll under, right? Yeah. No, you have to beat Over? the observation save. Yeah. Oh, then I did not. I I made mine. Okay. You're you're muted, Matt. If you have to roll over, I didn't make it. Okay, yeah, you have to roll over on a save. I, I did. I rolled over. Maybe I'm like facing them. Maybe these guys are looking at me, and I'm looking at these guys. Yeah, they're they... not. They're not really looking at you, but uh, their their dress and demeanor screams cop. Not yeah. necessarily G man, but definitely cops. Right, right, right. Okay. Uh, hmm. So it could be that uh, our local place here has has been. Is on the radar of the of the cops. Well, you guys have seen beat cops in here before, uniforms. That's true. Yeah, but uh, yeah, these guys are definitely plain clothes, probably detectives. Never, never the dicks. All right, are, they doing, are they doing anything copish? <laughs> Drinking coffee, smoking cigarettes. Uh, the bigger one of the two orders a donut. I was. Like, with my wisdom of three, I might make a, a donut crack. Uh, yeah, this, uh, the bigger guy, Whistler, um, he's, he's the one that's facing you guys, and Whistler, you can kind of take a look over your shoulder, this guy's got, like, a hard mug, um, he looks like he's been in a, a scrap or two, mm. I mean, his nose is crooked. It kind of like almost sits to one side. Looks like he's been pounded on so much. And as he picks up his cup of coffee, you notice he's got big, thick knuckles like he was a fighter. You know, cosmetic surgery is a new up-and-coming field. Uh, might be something I could get into. Flo. Hey, at least he could break his nose and reset it. Yeah, Flo, honey. I got a little bit of... Bacon with my eggs? Sure, honey. Whatever you ask for. <laughs> you sweet cheeks. Why don't you sing me some of them uh, operatic tunes that you're all into? Yeah, maybe later, doll. <laughs> <laughs> you boys looking for trouble tonight or what? It depends what kind of trouble you're offering, Flo. You know us, Flo. We never look for trouble. It just seems to find us. Well, like doctor! Pig to slop. <laughs> Any uh, cute waitresses that might need a a health examination? <laughs> you are way too forward, Doc. I just have the best interests of uh, of the waitstaff uh, at the forefront of my of my mind. You are uh, sad. Doc, 
uh, Flo goes to uh, get your bacon and eggs, and she kind of gives uh, Whistler the longing look, the lingering. <laughs> you may really? be kissing, you may be kissing some grits before this night is done. <laughs> no, Whistler's a homely cat. Yeah, she likes the strong, silent type, I guess. Mm. Mm. <laughs> what about me? I've got a big brain. <laughs> Honey, I need a man who looks after me. I get off very early in the morning. In the morning. There are some rather unsavory patrons at this restaurant, if you haven't noticed. Seems to be a little bit more unsavory this evening. Yeah, we've got a couple of new faces around. Donut faces. <laughs> yeah, I, I don't know those guys. They're not from around the neighborhood. But I can't imagine why a couple of dicks would be out here. Have we noticed those cops looking over at us at all? No, <laughs> to try and like shit to get them to. <laughs> yeah. No, they're they're just kind of they're just kind of chilling. Uh, you notice the small one, uh, like the big ugly guy, the palooka. Is kind of sitting there. He looks up every once in a while, looks around the room. Uh, that's how you guys got a good look at his face. Um, the other guy is kind of wiry. Uh, and he just kind of sits there. He's He doesn't do much. You see his arm kind of twitching a little bit. Like he might be writing something down. But uh, he's not uh, He's not like looking around the room or taking in anything. I mean, they might be just working a, on some kind of case. On this side of town, and he's just putting his notes together, or something. Maybe they're on the take. Maybe he's counting his money. It's really, it's really hard to tell. Like I said, the wiry, the guy with the, the big guy, he's drinking coffee, eating donuts like there's no tomorrow. Uh, and the wiry guy is just kind of, he's just sitting there, not really moving much. I'll, I'll lean in very, very uh, close to my friends here so that those guys have no chance of hearing and say, maybe we should maybe we should uh, finish up here and uh, head over to B-A-B-B-A-G-E-S. Hold on one second. Flow. Yeah, honey. Here's your eggs and bacon. Thanks. There's a, this is a tip in it for you. If you can find out what those what those two dicks are up to oh I suppose I can give it a try it's not my section tonight though that's Laverne's spot tell Laverne to go take a powder just find out what they're up to what's that guy writing why are they here Coffee and donuts. The big one is like stuff in his face. Let me ask you a question. 
if you were to go get coffee and donuts anywhere in the city, anywhere in this neighborhood, where would you go? Right here. Would you? Yeah. Would you? It's free for me. <laughs> I don't know about you high rollers, but uh, these, these uh, sad sacks don't tip well. Exactly. This isn't the kind of joint you just walk into to get coffee and donuts. We are the only place open this time of night. Hmm. On this side of town, anyway. Yeah. Mm -hmm. But you know, every mug that walks in this, this joint, you ain't never seen them before. This is true. I just want to play it safe rather than sorry before we take our leave. Push the appropriate amount of money toward her. She picks it up, slides it, into, <laughs> slides it into her top. I'll see what I can do, hon. I know you will. She walks over to Laverne. Laverne nods. Uh, she reaches into her... You see her reach into her uniform and pull out a couple of dollars and hands it to Laverne. And Laverne does the same. And then she uh, heads off into the back. Flo goes over with a carafe of coffee. She's refilling the drinks for the detectives. Uh, you know, she's, she's chatting them up. The, the big guy is pretty talkative, you know. Um, he's got a, he's got a big booming voice. He's like, yeah, we're just, uh, looking into a couple of things on this side of town. Nothing, nothing fancy. And you hear the little one go, shh. She doesn't need to know that. Thanks for the coffee. It's really none of your business. Flo's like kind of, you know, she's kind of taken aback a little bit by the wiry one's uh, very direct demeanor. I'm sorry, what side of town is this, by the way? Uh, are you, guys are, you guys are downtown right now. Okay. Which is kind of like this, the heart of the town, heart of the city. You know, there's a, there's a casino... About three blocks over. That's uh, it's in Maroney's turf, so it's Maroney's Casino. But that's about all you know. Uh, you see one guy sitting at the counter, where he's real twitchy. He's like sweating, and he like you know he's constantly like digging his handkerchief out of his pocket and wiping his brow and checking his watch and. Does, does he look like he's got signs of addiction, or is it more like he's nervous about, like, you know, like, wait, is he got, like, classic signs of, like, being in some sort of withdrawal or something like nah, that? Nah, nah, he's, uh, he's, he's more, like, nervous, twitchy, rather than having the shakes. Yeah. You think it's because the police are here? Um, no, nah, he was like that when you guys walked in. He's, oh, okay. yeah, he's, uh, he's looking at, he's flipping through the newspaper, and you see him, he's just like, 
it looks like he, he holds his finger up for a second and then closes his eyes and bam onto the onto the counter onto the newspaper and oh. that sort of thing and he looks and he, uh... you recognize him uh yeah that's uh y'all call him lucky He's actually, and he's an Irish cat from the south side. He actually lives in the south side. But uh, he comes up here a lot because he visits the casino. You know, you guys know he's a gambler. Big time. And tonight it looks like he lost a lot of money. Huh. You're lucky. Kid, what's the matter? Huh? What? Calm, calm down, man. You're giving me the heebie-jeebies. Sorry, Jimmy. It's, it's been a bad night, man. Real bad night. And you can tell there's like a quaver in his voice. Like it's worse than usual. Something is going on with Lucky. Lucky, come over here. What oh, you got, kid? Oh, okay, Jimmy. What he you got, over, What's the matter? He comes over. He's like clutching the newspaper still in his hand. And, and, you know, everyone. he's trying to look at you guys, but he's like looking down. What's the newspaper say? Uh, Best you can tell, it's the racing form. What do you, what do you guys think? What do you got in the, the, the third race tomorrow? Yeah, I'm sorry, Jimmy. I don't have anything for you. He mops, yeah, he mops his brow again. Why, you got a hot tip on that race? No, I need a hot tip. I need one bad, man. Why, what'd you do? Miss is going to kill you? Oh, uh, the miss is going to... If the if the, if the missus doesn't kill me, Cardone's going to kill me. Why Cardone? I had this job, see? I was supposed to drop off uh, an envelope of money from one of Cardone's places up to one of Schultz's places. It seems that Schultz owes him some money. He owes Schultz money uh, for some construction work. And I was supposed to drop off an envelope on the way I passed the Lucky 7 and I lost $10,000. Ooh. Of, of Cardone's money. So I gotta come up with 10,000 fast, pay off Schultz before Schultz knows that the payment's late. Because mm. Schultz is gonna go talk to Cardone, Cardone's gonna come talk to me, and I'm gonna be feeding the fucking fishes. I'm scared, man. See, where you went wrong is you shouldn't have gone into the gambling place. Hey, I was on a streak yesterday. Yeah, no, I'm just saying, if you, if you know, I'm just, uh, you know, that's, uh. But that don't help me now, Doc. I suppose it doesn't. Hmm. 
Um, do I have any kind of pills that will calm him down? I kind of feel bad for the guy. Is there anything I could, uh, like, just kind of give him a little, uh, you know, calm. listen, I want to I want to calm him down, maybe, you know, so he can at least think a little more lucidly about his situation? Nah, nah, man, I, 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 I don't do pills, man. I don't do any kind of... Any kind of medicine, man. My cousin, <laughs> my cousin Charlie, my cousin Charlie got up in one of those opium dens up in New York. And mm-hmm. How was it? He he look. He's like a vegetable. Really? Yeah. What kind of vegetable? One soaked in opium. I don't. Know. I don't <laughs> fucking know. He would be a leak. Well, I'm just I'm just curious, you know. But uh, uh, listen. Uh, I mean, you know, you might as well. I'm just trying to calm you down, Lucky. You you seem very uh, uptight, which is only going to compound your problems. You're, you when you're thinking when you're thinking in a crisis situation, you're going to make you're going to continue to make bad decisions. So I'm just hoping, as a doctor, to provide you with a bit of uh, biochemical assistance. Why don't you enable- provide me with ten thousand simoleons? Uh, well, somebody else already did that, and you just went and spent it in the casino. That wouldn't help anything. Well, I mean, I, I can mean, give you the envelope if you could put $10,000 in it and just drop I, it off at, at lucky one of I, Schultz's jewelry shops. That'd be great. Yeah, but I don't have $10,000. I'm sorry. I don't. That's just, that's a, that's, that's too much money. Well, so. that's what I would need. That's the medication well, for my particular that ailment. Of, that kind of money is not good for your health is what he's trying to say. But what you think? Lucky, what, what if? <laughs> I mean, if you're gonna get tracked down and killed, you might as well be high while it's happening. Is all I'm saying. Yeah, but what if, if you? About it, you know, what if you fabricated a story? What if? What if you fabricated a story? Say, you got story? jumped. You got jumped. Maybe you got jumped by uh, some of Cardone's goons. Okay, uh, gentlemen, we we have remember we have some long long arms of the law in the next booth. So perhaps it would be best if we had this conversation somewhere outside of the diner. Because I'm sure those gentlemen are good guys and they want to do their job. And it may be that our job is going to bump into their job in a few moments if we don't watch ourselves. Isn't that right, fellas? And I'll kind of yell over to the other booth. Couple of random guys, construction workers who just came in like ten minutes ago. What? Yeah, exact. Thank you. Thank you very much. See, all I'm saying is that we're, our voices could travel in a place like this. We should get out of here. We're going to talk about this kind of stuff. We got to take this someplace where there, there aren't big trench coated fedora wearing types in the next booth. Well, they're not in the next booth. They're in like two or three. Oh, booths they're not. Over. Oh, yeah. sorry, sorry, sorry. I misunderstood. Yeah. Okay, never mind. Sorry. All right. What if, what if, Lucky? What if you got jumped, maybe by uh, I don't know, Cardoni's goons who decided they wanted to keep their money and use you as the fall guy. <clears throat> I, I I don't know. I I I don't know, man. I mean. You know what they call Ezio Cardone, right? Mr. Cardone? Well, yeah, that's what you're supposed to call him to his face. But everybody else calls him The Butcher. Hmm. 
Well, I think uh, I think Jimmy's on to something, though. If we can if we can make it seem like some of Cardone's own men gave you a rough time and took that money from you. That could cause some real problems for Cardone and get you off the hook, my friend. I still wouldn't be off the hook. Yes, yeah, so they you... beat me down. Who am I going to rat on? Well, you don't have to rat. You use a, a whisper campaign. A whisper campaign? Look. Who saw you in the casino? Did anybody? Who saw you lose all this money? Was there was there a big audience for this? Ah, uh, well, you know the, the the usual folks over there at the Lucky Seven. Yeah. Uh, uh, you know the dealer. The dealer was that girl Liz. Y'all know her. She's like she's like a, a one one hot cookie. Hmm. She's one of them flapper types. Yeah. That's pretty hip. I, I guess. I'm more of a traditionalist myself. I'm not a big fan of that haircut, but, you know. Well, Jimmy, I suggest you lay low for a while. Yeah, I need to get the hell out of town. There you go. My cousin Charlie is in Miami. <laughs> I, I could go visit with him. Is he the Miami? I'm sorry, what was that? Is he the vegetable? No, that's my brother, my cousin. Oh, sorry, sorry, I lost track. Miami's nice this time of year. That's what I heard, but uh, I, I don't have any, like, bus money or anything like that. I need to get to the bus station, like, quick. I mean, it'd probably be, like, from here, it'd probably be like five bucks to get down, get down to Miami, or at least close enough that I can, like, you know, do a three-card Monty on some schmuck at a bus station for a dollar or so to get the rest of the way. So, so it would cost five dollars for him to get from where we are now to the bus station, or from here to, all the way to Miami for five dollars. All, all the way to Miami. Mm, five I've bucks. heard this before. Well, I don't have the wisdom to think this is a con. Sorry. Yeah, well, five bucks. We would we would know that. Yeah, we would know that it would actually be five bucks to go yeah, from here. Yeah. Like, yeah, okay. it's a it's a it's a buck for every hundred miles. Do we think that he actually would? Um, if we gave I him, I I believe one hundred percent. Uh Y'all want to give me observation saves, and uh, you can confirm. Because I'm thinking if we give him any money, he might just go right back to the casino. Yeah, I don't believe him. Well, that's what I think as a person, but... As a human, right, but... Jimmy, and I failed my save. Jimmy's like, yeah, I can get you five bucks. (laughs) Yeah, I made my observation, so I'm not going to give him any money. Uh, you made your observation, so you're able to confirm that uh, J- uh, Lucky is scared as hell. 
Mm. You have never seen. You've seen. You guys have seen Lucky enough here at at Flows to know uh, when he's having a bad time and when he's having a really bad time. And right. this is the worst you've seen Lucky. He is normally pretty cool, even if he loses a couple hundred bucks. But uh, he's nervous. He's twitchy. I mean, the the racing form in his hand is kind of. It's kind of shaking as he's talking to you. He's constantly mopping his brow. He's just, he, he's scared to death. He was so scared that he kept him from taking somebody else's money and gambling it away. Well, that's what's got him scared now. Well, you should have been experiencing that fear a little earlier okay. when he was carrying around so somebody what, else's money. What I'm thinking is we escort him to the bus station, make sure he gets on that bus and goes. We want him out of town. Once he's out of, because once he's out of town, we could spread the rumor that uh, Cordoni got got uh, ripped off by a two bit gambler, skipped town on him with ten G's. That oh. that not good for his reputation, which is part of our mission. So you want to set up Lucky to you just you want to? No, I want Lucky out of the way. Okay. I am dis, I am alignment dishonest as well, so. I don't feel too much remorse doing this. If Lucky gets caught, Lucky gets caught. But if he gets if if he gets on a bus, right, and we wait an appropriate amount of time, enough time for him to say get to Miami, and then start with this rumor, because there's already gonna there are already gonna be like questions, and then we start a rumor that he got ripped off by a, by a gambler, like a two bit gambler. It's not much, but it's a nice start. I think we're going to have to handhold him to the bus station to make sure he gets on the bus and leaves. I, as, a, as a person, I agree with you. As a character, I trust Lucky. I I'll, I'll go with him. I'll, I have no problem with it. Well, why don't we go with him and then we can go to Babbage's place. You know, we'll get him on the bus and then we can go to Babbage's. Okay, that's fine. Thank you, guys. Thank you. Thank you. I'm. So, uh, it's so great to know that somebody's got your back. Yeah. Two things. Make sure nobody want, shoots me in the back. Well, that too, but you say absolutely nothing about this to anybody, including your cousin. You're just down for a nice break. You had The city is, is rough this time of year. Just down for some peace and quiet. Right? Right. Peace and quiet. That's all I need. Peace and quiet. And, and, right. and far away from the city because things are weird. You don't even have to go that much. You just want to get to get to Miami, take a little bit of time off. It's your cold. Head get your head straight. You don't know who Whisper is, you don't know who Doc is, and you certainly don't know who Jimmy Lenaz is. That's what they call you? I thought you were Jimmy. Don't even. <laughs> don't even. Okay, capiche? Yeah, yeah, I'm good, I'm good. Okay. Because I would hate to see you turn up dead.
Um, about that time, you see the the guys in the trench coats they get up. Um, the smaller one, the big one, goes outside by himself first. The the smaller one goes up to the counter, and you notice that uh, looking at him, he looks like a hawk. He's got this big, you know, aquiline nose, you know, real sharp jaw. He doesn't drink wine. Deep set eyes. You know, he's just he he, he looks like a bird of prey. And uh, he goes up to the counter, you know, tosses a bill, a few coins on the counter. And, you know, you see him, he just kind of, his, 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 he turns his head towards you guys. And, you know, if he catches his eye, he just kind of tips his hat. Fuck, we're made. But you see him as he's walking out, he tips his hat to the construction workers, too. And, and the flow. So it's like, it seems like he, you know, anybody that catches his eye, he's like, you know, even though he was kind of brusque with Flo, he's got kind of a, almost a gentlemanly like demeanor now. And uh, you see, you watch him through the window, they just walk off back toward uh, Salvati's. Maybe that's where their car is, who knows. So, so when are we going to the to the to, to, to the bus station? Hush. What? What? Let's go. Just make sure no one is on us. Give those two a little bit of time to get to wherever they're going. All right. Well, the bus station's in the opposite direction that they headed anyway. Bus station. The bus station is like on the edge of uh, where downtown and the east side would meet. Yeah, lucky. Let's just get you. Uh, let's just get you into a, a better place, okay? The bus station's over by the amusement park. Oh, I love amusement and, parks. And, let's do it. And the bus leaves before. You got to get him there before dawn. <laughs> Come on, guys. All right, so you guys... Friend, a better place. You guys fall, fall out into the street. Um, the fog has given way to uh, a light winter rain. Mm. I want to make sure we're not being followed. Okay, give me, uh, give me observation. I made that. Okay, uh, doesn't look like you're being followed. Streets are pretty vacant. They don't see anybody out of the ordinary. No, no strange cars or anything. It's just early morning. I mean, you hear, you hear engines in the distance. You know, you see the lights way off. Looks like a, looks like a taxi cab. You know, taking coming back toward this area, but you know he's far away. You guys are walking along, you know, three blocks, five blocks, ten blocks, you know, eventually you guys get to the bus station. Uh, it's, it's early, early in the morning now. It's like 3 a.m. 
Uh, streets are pretty much completely dead, save for the bus station, which appears to be the only lights in this part of town. Uh, right. Get into the bus station. Uh, you guys walk up to the ticket counter. Are you guys going to give Lucky the money? Or... How about uh, how about I go up to the ticket counter and I'll buy the ticket and then I'll hand it off to Lucky. Okay. Uh, you go up to the counter. What can I do for you tonight? Hi. Yes, I'd like to purchase one ticket to Miami, please. Uh, one way round trip. What you need? Uh, I think one way would be fine. Thank you. All right. Uh, yeah, the bus leaves in about half an hour. Here you Excellent. go. That'll be uh, that'll be four fifty. Ah, here you go. I'll slide him a slide him the money. Okay, he gives you your change. Get the ticket. Yep. Thank you, sir. And then I'll I'll head back to the to the bench or wherever these guys are with Lucky, and uh, I'll quietly give Lucky the. Uh, I'll give him the ticket. I'm also going to slide him another five dollar bill and just be like, just for food or things, incidentals. Lucky, we don't want you to be stuck on a bus with absolutely no resources. So here you go. Just remember who your friends are. Okay. No, don't remember who your friends are. Just don't remember who your friends are. <laughs> <laughs> um, and have a wonderful time. Oh, thanks, guys. Thanks. You're real lifesavers. We know. They should They should give you guys the keys to the city. Forget about it. That's a nice thought. <laughs> Genre point, Steve. <laughs> I mean, forget about it. <laughs> Forget about it. And I guess we can hang around, just make sure he gets on the bus, like nobody troubles him before he gets on the bus. That was my plan. Yeah, I mean, you know, there's a couple of people sitting there. It's, it's not a lot. The bus station's pretty empty. You know, Lucky's starting to calm down a little bit. He's got the ticket in his hand. Yeah. And, you know, he's ready to escape and stuff like that. Um, bus shows up. You know, Lucky gets on the bus. He he turns back as he's stepping on, and he and he waves. And he's like, thumbs up. And the bus is, <laughs> gets sits down. He's looking out the window, and eventually he just kind of smiles a little bit, and the bus pulls off. The little man's growing up. I was waiting for the muzzle flash. <laughs> I'm not gonna lie. I was waiting for the crack. <laughs> Just shot it through the window, huh? <laughs> um, go ahead and give yourselves uh, 15 experience points for getting lucky on the bus and deciding to help Lucky. Um, you get out. It's now like it's like 4:15 in the morning, something like that. Uh. You're walking through, you smell, you know, the bakers are up and they're making the bread and you smell the bread cooking. Uh, you know, the rain has picked up a little bit. Damn, I can use a pretzel dog. That's right. <laughs> uh, it's a little too early for the pretzel dogs, but, uh, you know, the guy, like I said, the guys are making the bread. You know, you start seeing the first few folks. Uh, coming out onto the streets like construction workers and stuff like that. They're going, you know, uptown to where they're building all the mansions. 
lot of construction in this city. Yeah, well, it's the city. It's always growing. Reminds me of Boston. Yeah, well. Ah, Boston. It's any East Coast city that has a mob influence. I don't know about you guys, but I can use some sleep. I can go for 40. I assume I probably have like a one-bedroom apartment somewhere or one-room apartment somewhere. Yeah, you guys all have like a flop house, you know, apartments that cost like 20 bucks a week. Well, I'm going to head back to mine wherever it is. All right. Uh, you guys part ways. Two o'clock at the diner. Uh, All right. Can I can I say that can I say that my character, like even while his father thinks he's a terrible disgrace, his mother still slips some money every every uh, month, and he's able to afford a a slightly better standard of living. Sure. Okay. You got a little bit of a little bit of a. uh, In fact, do this right now. Roll three d six times ten. Okay. All three of you. Oh, I already did that. That's oh. why how I got my clothes and everything. Oh, how much money you got? I had a hundred, but I bought clothes and had twenty bucks left over for rent. So six. I rolled uh, a total of nine on the dice. Okay, so you got ninety bucks in your pocket. Okay. hundred. Well, actually, you have eighty bucks in your pocket. Yeah. yeah. Or set uh, eighty one eighty dollars and fifty cents. Like <laughs> yep. All right. I have nine. And nine. So you got about you got about ninety bucks. Well, no, because I, uh, I I I tip flow. I bribe flow to go find out what the cops were. All doing. right. What'd you tip her? Um, an appropriate bribe for a waitress. Well, I mean, you know, <laughs> gave her like a breakfast. Buck. Breakfast is like fifty cents. I gave her an extra buck. Okay. All right. So I, I have like eighty-eight fifty. All right. What's uh? What's Whistler got? One hundred thirty bucks. Wow. Yeah. Whistler is Whistler must have like won a fight or something. <laughs> He's gonna stop on the way home and get some food for his cat. <laughs> All right. Well, the fishmonger is just opening up. Hey. So there you go. So yeah, we'll go home, feed his cat, water his ficus, and go to bed. All right. So you guys get home, do your thing, go to sleep. Two o'clock rolls around. You're back at the diner. So it's two in the afternoon the next day? Yeah. Okay. Guys, should we go see that Babbage? Yeah. Sounds like a plan. All right. Well, you guys know he's got a shop on 9th Street. So you guys head over. Takes you a little while to cross town. You get to 9th Street. You guys walk a lot. Um, I guess that's fine. You know, no, not everybody owns cars this time. Well, can we take like like public transportation? You know, trolleys. And uh, yeah, elevator. like a like a city bus costs a nickel. Yeah, uh, to get anywhere, so you guys can take the bus over. Um, yeah. 
yeah, you guys get off Ninth Street. You're walking up and down Ninth Street. There's uh, you know, there's like antique shops, a couple of department stores, uh, tucked away in this little sliver of a building, uh, is is place, uh, Clarence Babbage, watchmaker. Um, you knock on the door, but, uh, nobody rushes out to answer it. It's like a little storefront, little tiny storefront. Well, it's two in the afternoon, so I'm, I'm just going to try the door. And it opens. It. Yeah. So, ting-a-ling-a-ling, go in, yep. you know, to the... Yeah, guys walk in, it's very dimly lit. Um, there are dozens of clocks on the wall, all ticking. Uh, there's, there's no other sound. It's just tick, 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 tick. I mean, all kinds of clocks. Uh, there's a small counter, uh, looks like, uh, the display case in the back. It's got some pocket watches, that sort of thing. And then there's a door that goes to like a back section, um, that's slightly ajar. So you said it was a door. <laughs> it's slightly open there. Does that does that appeal to your dad's humor? So is there like a little bell on the counter to summon an attendant or anything like that or uh there there is a bell. It appears to be broken. Uh it has a little note says uh if you need service, you know, come come upstairs. Uh, I'll head right upstairs. Okay. Uh, you open the door. It's a narrow set of stairs. It goes up to the second floor. Hello. I'll announce my presence. I will, I'll step with a exaggerated tread on the steps so that I don't interrupt somebody. You know, make sure the person knows that I'm coming. Keep it down bit. out there. I'm trying to work. Right. <laughs> All right. Uh, I'll hustle up the rest of the stairs. Are you guys coming up too, or? Yeah. Okay. Okay, you guys head upstairs. I'll, I'll give a big grin to the guys, and then I'll bang open the door. Hello! Ah! <laughs> God damn it, you just cost me a month's worth of work. No kidding. I'll never find all the damn cogs. It's a older fella, balding on top. He's got a jeweler's loop. It looks like... Looks like it's been there so long that it's almost like it looks like it's growing out of his head. He's so comfortable yeah. wearing this thing. He's got like a permanent, like a permanent, like yeah. eye, like yeah. eyes all He's scrunched got, up. He he, he kind of falls, and you notice that he keeps it like on a chain around his neck. Yeah. And uh, yeah, he does have that kind of like permanent Popeye kind of thing. Yeah. Didn't mean to throw you for a loop. <laughs> uh, so. Um, What is so uh, goddamn important you come crashing through here like a bull in a china shop? You Babbage? Yeah, I'm Babbage. You need watches uh, fixed? No, but my, a mutual acquaintance of ours says you'd have the time for us. Oh, really? And who would that mutual acquaintance be? Maroney. Which Maroney? 
the big one. Oh, really? So why would uh, why would Sal send you to me? Sal has a problem. Sal has lots of problems. His I don't problem solve Car problems. His problem's name is Cardoni. Yeah, he's... Uh, a little matter about his brother's head. And it's detachment from his brother's body. Oh, so what? You guys are his new soldiers or something? Soldiers? Oh, you're independent talent. Freelancers. You might want to call us the Neighborhood Watch. <laughs> yeah, really just cogs in the machine. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so so why why are you coming to me? Sal told us to contact you for information. Hey, hey you big guy. Us. Grab that box of parts for me over there. You gotta say please. What is your name? You talking to me? Yeah, I'm talking to you. People call me Lanaz. Yeah? Does the sign on the fucking door say Lanaz or does it say Babbage? Did you pay him? Babbage? Did you I give am. him money to lift the bail? I am Babbage. Yes. Did you pay my associate to move that box of cogs? No, he's doing me a favor because I have a feeling you're about to ask for a favor. Now, what is it would you like? would you like to know? Or are you interested in buying one of my finely crafted watches? Or this finely crafted watch that I was making when uh, this guy here came barging through the door. Oh, hi. My name's Charlie Coffin. Nice to, uh, nice to make your acquaintance, Mr. Babbage. So I didn't mean to tick you off. <laughs> you gotta catch these hands in a minute. So listen, uh, like my friend here is saying, uh, could you help us out? What do you need? We've been assigned the Make task it quick. Of Time is money. Humiliating Mr. Cardoni to the point where he is destitute and begging on the streets. Oh. That's, that's Sal's uh, general M.O. Now, we have a couple irons in the fire. Good for you. But, uh... We're not going to look a gift horse in the mouth, and if Mr. Maroney tells us to come and see you, then uh, that's what we're going to do. He, comes, he wants you to come and see me because I know everything. Babbage, like the guy that invented the computer. You know what a computer is, right? In 30 years. <laughs> no, or Charles years. Babbage. He made a Babbage engine. 
Listen, I, I'm sure that Mr. Maroney must must think of you very, very highly to uh, send us to see you. So I'm sure that anything that you could give to us would, I mean, certainly we would get that back to him, that you've been exceedingly helpful. Well, of course I'm going to be exceedingly helpful. You see, whatever you want, I get. You want information? You ask me for a specific piece of information. You want a gun? I get you a gun. You want a car? I get you a car. You want a new watch? Well, you have to pay for it. But, a one word of warning. Any favors, even under the employee of Mr. Maroney, you eventually pay for it anyway. So what is it that I can do for you fine gentlemen? What would you like to know? I am a veritable font of information. What do we want to know? Well, personally, I'd like to know the addresses of all his operations. Okay. He goes over to a filing cabinet, opens the drawers, flips through some papers. There you go. You wouldn't have to have like a loose sort of organizational list of who's working for him, what they do, etc. Uh, no, I don't have that kind of information. I don't have a detailed role of all of his employees. Do you know who he sends out normally to collect money on his behalf? Oh, oh. well, he just hired a guy named Lucky, real down on his luck gambler sort, uh, <laughs> to make some runs uh, between uh, for some accounts that he owes to Schultz. Uh, mm -hmm. But his usual guy is a fella they call Hammer. Hammer. Okay. Why didn't Why didn't they use Hammer for this? Why pick some schmuck off the street? Maybe Hammer was busy. I don't know. He does a lot of different things. He's a He's a big fella, like your friend. Yeah. Real, real stone faced kind of guy. Uh, actually, now that I come to think of it, he's a boxer, so he had a, he had a fight. He had a he had a fight. They had a a match between uh, between Hammer and uh, one of one of Kilroy's boys. Huh. Is how did how did it turn out? Ah, well, I don't know. I haven't heard from anybody yet today. I had a I had a couple bucks on that fight. I'm hoping to Hammer one. Yeah. But uh, that's his usual guy. Him and uh, him and a little guy that acts as his boxing manager, a cat named Weasel. Weasel Murphy. He's an Irish guy. I don't know why Maroney likes to work with the Irish guy, but or or, or Cardone rather. Maroney works with the Irish guys too on occasion, but. Cardone likes this likes this cat weasel for some reason. How that's who usually handles handles deliveries. 
What was your question? How about his girls? His girls? Well... His... Word on the street is that, uh... Cardone's girls... Are handled by his wife. Carlotta. Carlotta Cardone? That's right. Carlotta, Charlotte, Cardone. Triple C. Except we don't call that to her face. Carlotta. That's right. She's a, she's a bit of an old battle axe. Tough as nails, though. They say she stabbed a guy on the boat from the old country. What? She, uh, she runs a clean house? Ah, clean as she can. I mean, you, you got to drip, drip. You want a ship, ship. Who, uh, who does she have taking care of those girls in terms of, of supplying them with, with antibiotics. Uh, they got a family doctor, uh, um, uh, Cappuccini or something. Would I, would I know this guy? Just running uh, in medical. Yeah, you know, he's, he's, he actually is a street doc who made it through medical school. <laughs> uh, But uh, yeah, I mean, you know him by reputation. He's a good, he's a good doctor. He's good with bullet wounds. Yeah, you know that sort of thing. He's got, uh, he's being backed by the Cardones. He's got a lot of financial resources to work with. Yeah, so he can get pretty much the the latest of anything, and he's got connections at various hospitals and whatnot. Right. Huh. Okay. But, uh, yeah, they got a couple of bruisers over there that follow Mrs. Cardone around all the time. Uh, I don't know their names. They're just big, corn-fed Texans. That's all I know. I mean, they're bigger than your friend. Bigger than Hammer. Two of them? Two of them. Brothers. Mm, Twins. Uh, I don't know. They they don't. I've never actually met them. The one time I saw Mrs. Cardone, she was uh, at the market. But I mean, if you're looking to embarrass him, yeah, you might want to talk to his banker. Oh. Rosenstein. <laughs> That's racist. Yeah, probably. His banker's name is Rosenstein. <laughs> yeah, he's a good banker. He's good at his job. What's the dirt on Rosenstein? <laughs> what? <laughs> What's the dirt on this Rosenstein? 
honestly, he's a banker. He's a good damn banker. That's the that's he's so good with he does numbers in his sleep. Um as far as I know, there's no dirt on him. I mean, hell, he makes sure Cardone pays taxes. So how how does one humiliate Cardone through his honest banker? Well He uh who has He handles that. all the accounts. In fact, he is also the president of a particular bank that Cardone owns. What bank is that? Citibank. I heard they're a bunch of crooks. No, with a Y. <laughs> But yeah, all the money from uh, from Cardone's Enterprises goes through Citibank. Gets it a little cleaned up. Spread around a little bit. Comes back with interest and, and, and bada bing, bada boom. Tax forms go out. Cardone's a fine, upstanding citizen of, the, of our fast city. Babbage lights a cigarette, by the way. Those things will kill you. What you talking about? My doctor said they were great. They do help the respiratory system. That, see? There you go. I got a prescription for mine. Mm. Got a prescription for booze as well. Yep. That'll help the liver. That's right, Medicinal. Mm. Medicinal whiskey. Best stuff in the world. Wow. Here, echoes of Wesley James Young. <laughs> yeah. I give you good news or the bad news. Actually, in during Prohibition, they did write prescriptions for whiskey. Yeah, and they had like Famous people like doing ads for cigarettes, like you know, like I'm a I'm a dancer, an entertainer, and I need a little pep, so I have a I have a cigarette to yep. like. I smoke a Pall Mall or a Lucky Strike or. Yep. Yep. In fact, uh, you could get your baseball cards on on a pack of Luckies. So where to now? What do we want to do with all this? Steve's correlating the contents. I am. It's going to take a while, though. I mean, I think... Banker might be, like, the less, the least violent route. <laughs> yeah. But if, I guess if we can get his books... and make right. them public... That would humiliate him. I, I will reiterate one of the clues that Babbage just gave you. All of Cardone's money goes through that bank. 
hitting that bank might be kind of a good thing. Except for that $10,000 that Lucky just lost. <laughs> that loan was under the table. That loan was under the table. Thirty large. I guess we can go case this bank. All right. Well, it's about eleven o'clock. Uh, a little bit after, if you guys want to wrap it up for now and uh, case the bank. Once we have your fourth member of your crew. Sounds that good. Sounds cool. Oh, wow, I can see you, Matt. Sorry, I was eating Triscuits. <laughs> Original? Uh, the olive oil and pepper ones. That's right. My I'm a dancer. When I need pep, I turn to Triscuits. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, I guess we'll leave it there then. Yeah, we'll leave it session. there and... Uh... Pick it up next Saturday. Pick it up next Saturday with uh, hopefully Molly's filling up to it. Right cool. On. All right. Well, this has been fun. Yeah. And I'll say it loudly because apparently <laughs> I, I wasn't bold enough last time. Keep 30 luck points. <laughs> Good night. I got to yell that. <laughs>